There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Daniel. He has Asperger's. Let's talk about it. Guys... I <laughs> no, I'm not doing that this week. I'm not okay. doing that this week. Okay. All right. I'm gonna. I I took my breath. I sighed before I got on the show. Good. And um and I'm I'm actually uh, really jazzed up for today's conversation because we're going to be talking about autism, something that I've been actually uh, really like gunning for to to talk more about on the show. And the reason for that is because, um. I, I, I'm, I have a sneaky suspicion, and I'm only saying this because this is how I feel about it, um, so I'm guessing there's got to be at least one other person out there, probably a lot more, that people don't really have a, a, a full grasp understanding of like how broad the spectrum of autism truly is. You might even say that the understanding of autism is a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, one might say. One might say. Um and and also uh I feel like we're going to get into uh we're going to get into this today with our guest but um uh there was like the, uh, before coming onto the recording today I had this notion of the word Asperger's um that I think was wrong. And <laughs> maybe we'll get some clarification today. Today we're joined by Daniel Jones, a fucking sick name, got to say. You sound like you sound like <laughs> you sound like the guy like all of our moms grew up listening to and loving, Daniel Jones. Does that <laughs> like, not sound like, like a, a musician? Like, yeah, like an '80s like just suave ass fucking lady like, killer. Have you got the latest like, Dan I, Jones I album? Like the, I feel like the person that you're Daniel describing Jones. for me in my life with my mom is Neil Diamond. That's what I mean, Daniel Jones, oh, yeah. Neil Diamond. One and the same. <laughs> but no, we are with Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Diamond is a Dan- porn star. <laughs> Daniel Jones of, uh, of the, of the uh, very popular Aspie world. Uh, Daniel, thank you for joining us today. We're so happy to have you on the show. Give yourself a nice, warm little introduction. Let us know and our listeners know who is Daniel Jones. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, and just, just before I give my own intro, there is a musician called Daniel Jones, and he's the guitarist from a band called Savage Garden. And they were really popular in the 90s, right? Yes, they so, were. So, yeah. So, and then and then everybody else, I think, I, do you know what? I feel like I got one of those common names, you know, like, you know, Mr. Lee or like Mohammed Lee or something, you know, because I've got like this such a, Dan, everybody's called Daniel and Jones is such a popular name here in the UK. Anyway, so, but yeah, I'm the Daniel Jones. So um, <laughs> I'm setting a new trend. I'm Daniel. Jones. So, um, okay. So yeah, my name is Don Jones. Um, so I'm a, I'm, 
an info i'd say it's a weird intro like people say like what do you do for a living what do you do for your job i say well i'm a social media influencer but i do so many other things you know like i run different companies that are all to do with social media um so i'm 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 an influencer um an autism advocate um i'm an author Uh, i'm also a um a musician i'm signed to a few labels i'm a multi-musician so i make music um i'm also a consultant for like anything from building growing social media organically to um to autism in the government right like how do, how does the government help people with autism um and and i just like to um i, I like to basically help the world so i'm an, i'm an i'm an entrepreneur <laughs> influencer author helping the world uh, see see disabilities in, in a different way but specifically neurodevelopmental disabilities like autism and adhd uh, and and that's me but i do have a diagnosis of of adhd I had a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome originally, but they've updated it to ASD, which we'll get into, which is interesting because we had that in the yeah, intro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have OCD, I have dyslexia, and a bunch of other crap that comes with it, which is great. But it gives me um, this really interesting ability to articulate myself verbally uh, and express the way I see the world uh, in a way where people can really easily digest what I'm saying. And, and so that gives me a bit of an edge, and I think that's why my popularity has grown. Also... Bizarrely enough, a lot of people like hearing my voice because it's very transatlantic. And so people really interested, they're like, are you American? Are you British? I'm like, kind of a bit of both. I guess my accent is, even though I'm born in the UK and I grew up like between like London and, and, and Wales, and I live in Wales, I kind of sound a little bit American-y. But a lot of people love the tone of my voice, which is bizarre, right? But there you go. That's me. <laughs> I love the tone of your voice. Living yeah, me in Wales. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe this is a separate podcast entirely, but... Uh, Wales gets shit on a lot, eh? Like there's Wales. Does, like Wales yeah. is just. I feel like Wales. I relate to to Wales in the sense that I'm from a place called Lower Sackville, which which is uh, really also, funny if you're not from here. Yeah, like, it's Lower kind of an inside Sackville. joke for Halifax. But if you're from Lower Sackville, no one likes you. And I feel like if you're from Wales, you also kind of get like a similar treatment from everybody else in, in England. What's yeah, the fucking deal with Wales? Why does everybody hate Wales yeah. so much? Well, because it's you know it's 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 kind of like the the north. Um, the northwest part of the UK, right? It's like all that part. And and you know the funny thing about Wales is that we've been like colonized so many fucking times by England. Like they came over and like, you now have an English king. Like the Prince of Wales was was now our king, right? So King Charles was the Prince of Wales for years. And it's like the guy was born in in London. Like, how is he the Prince of Wales? He doesn't even speak Welsh. You know, it's really bizarre. <laughs> so that's the kind of shit. And so people don't care about Wales because because what happened is that there is no real border. There's a border to between UK between sorry between England and Wales. There's a border, but it's like you know, it's like a, a paper sign somebody's made. You know, it's mm. like Wales was here, and like you just walk over this grassy <laughs> knoll, and it's there. But like. There's no real difference, you know. It's the same. It's the same thing. We do have a little bit of a different government in Wales. We have like a a Welsh government or a Welsh assembly. We call it a Welsh assembly, um, and it's a little bit different to the to the rest of the UK, but not a major amount. We still get the money from the same part as the UK. Anyway, but Wales is great. We have castles. I where I live, I'm so blessed. Like, dude, seriously. Like, I because I skateboard and I surf and stuff like that. Like, I, I I'm on Anglesey, and Anglesey in North Wales is like the place to like surf, to like skateboard. Like, you can cool. go hiking. So like, I live. I bought a house, and we're, and we're like, I'm literally like a stone's away from the beach. I'm stone's away from a mountain, and then like the forest. And like, it's just so it's 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 dope. Yeah, I want to yeah, come to Wales. That's cool. Yeah, like <laughs> Wales sounds sick. I, I as as, uh, as much it's as like, I, really is. as much as I heard, it's just. Full of absolute animals. Um, uh, do you it does, speak, it does do you, sound beautiful. Do you speak Welsh yeah. and is Welsh be, is Welsh spoken yeah, Welsh commonly? Language, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So here it's called so Welsh to speak Welsh is it's to shout out Cymraic. So Cymraic is the Welsh word for Welsh and Wales Cymru is the Welsh word for for Wales is Cymru. 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 
Cumrie. Oh, oh, sorry. Wow, wow, wow. It sounds very similar. Honestly, I, I, I swear to God, I, right I, I thought he said yeah. comrade. I've and I went, never, well, oh, now I get it. I've now never heard talking such... about Lois Sackville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, wow, that, that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard Jeremy no, say. No, no. <laughs> I, look, I, I literally, I don't give a shit. But there's so many like Welsh rugby players who be like going to be like gunning for your ass now. They'd be like, who's this guy? What's his name? Trevor? I'm going to kick his ass over it. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Wales Wales is great. Um, it does have a language. Um, so I it's so Wales, Welsh is my second language. Uh, so English is my first language. But my partner, her first language is Welsh. So so all her family fucking speak Welsh. So sitting around mm. dinner tables and sounds really really elegant Welsh. You know, really. And I'm like shit. I'm in too deep, man. <laughs> like I don't know what they're saying. You know, but I do I do speak Welsh. Yeah. Um, and we have our own like TV network. All for well, we have our own radio stations just for Welsh music and stuff. Our own print magazines and stuff in Welsh. It's really it is really cool. Um, but yeah, the Welsh language is is stronger than ever. Actually, yeah, it's good. Is That's it like? Awesome. Is it? That's is cool. it? Uh, are the are there ties to Gaelic? I mean, we're familiar with Gaelic a little bit in Nova Scotia sure. because yeah, there's like a must be, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's like there's a Gaelic school in Cape Breton where like I have I have like cousins that go and and you know like learn Gaelic. Um, is there? Yeah, a con- yeah. I'm assuming there's a connection between the two um, languages, or it's, in some it's way. It's a Celtic land- language, right? But it's it it devolves from like a uh, like a European because you know you got to think like back in the day, you know, the Anglo-Saxon type of days. Like they were all like you know interbreeding, and of course Wales was was ruled by Rome for 400 years. I live in a Roman fortress town. Some of the words we have here, so. Um, so there's a place I live next to called Mona, which is a Welsh word. And, and oh well, the, the Rome named Wales Gwalia. That's where we get the name Wales mm. from, from the, the Roman word Gwalia. So there's a lot of heritage here for, for Roman. I, I live in a Roman fortress town. You still have the walls there, dude, like the fish, the herringbone cool. kind of pattern on the wall. It's, it's crazy. But I see it every day. And it's like people like hanging out next to this, like thousands and thousands of year old wall. Anyway, so the language, the Welsh language, actually, there, there's two different dialects. You have North Wales and South Wales. I'm in the North. Gogwith, and then you've got South Wales, which is the, they, they, and they're slightly different dialects, only only ever so slightly. Um, and the, the most interesting thing is that Lord of the Rings um, took Welsh and made it into Elvish. So the, mm. the, the, the Elvish they speak is taken from Welsh. So huh. if I say something in Welsh, like, do we know the Dan, do we know the Smon, and Cymru, and Gogwith Cymru, do we know the Eistedd, and the Cadair, and the podcast newydd. Like that's that's me speaking Welsh, right? So there you go. There was a little bit oh. of a, I don't know if it sounds Gaelic. <laughs> no, I was like, man, I love Lord of the Rings, and now that now that I now that you've said that, now now the 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 curtain has been lifted, and now I will only watch Lord of the Rings and go. They're just well, they're speaking well. Bullshit. <laughs> they're yeah, speaking yeah, well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elvish. Um, so Daniel, you so you live with. Uh, autism spectrum disorder, but let's get into the, let's get into the thing that I that I uh, that I kind of alluded to in the beginning. So, sure. I, I I was I had this understanding up until sure. today that um, that the word Aspergers mm-hmm. is no longer used, like that it it was removed from the DSM. This was my understanding was like it was removed sure, sure, from the yeah. DSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we don't even we don't even use that term anymore. Um, which, but then when I, when I, you know, I, I started like looking into your content on YouTube and 
um, you very much identify as like, I am someone who was diagnosed with Asperger's. And I went, oh, that's, huh. At like 2023, yeah. Daniel's, is Daniel <laughs> going to get canceled? Like, what's happening? Um, oh, so so give, give us and our listeners a little bit of an explanation of the term Asperger's, you know, like, I mean, any kind of like historical background of like where sure. it came from and, yeah. and what was the, what was the sort of end you know, what ended up with that term in the DSM and how is it related? How do we relate to the word now today? Sure, absolutely. So um, actually, and I'm just going to do a, a total plug drop here, but in my book that I just wrote, in the back of it, I actually did this exact thing. Like, So I built a glossary of words and I spoke about Asperger's in the back of it. And I put it down to like how how it was used, why it well, isn't used anymore. So if, you know, anybody picks up my book, all the terminology like that, like, so say you were reading it, You'd be able to go. Oh, what the heck does Asperger's mean? I'll flick to the back and check it out. Mm. So um, anyway, I will get. I'll talk about my book a little bit more in, in a minute because there's some really cool shit in it. But so Asperger's. Let me tell you about. It. So Asperger's is a term was coined by a woman called Lorna Wing, and Lorna Wing is a uh, a clinical psychiatrist, and she coined the term in the 1980s um, to diagnose kids who were diagnosing uh, along the diagnostic traits that a guy called Hans Asperger. Documented in 1942. Now, Hans Asperger in 1942 was doing research on um, kids who were displaying unusual traits that were basically what we now know as autistic traits. The Mm. only difference was he was looking particularly at children, uh, for a start, children, male children, so there weren't females included in his research, um, but there were male children who were able to physically articulate themselves like I am now, but they had very interesting um, characteristics or traits, right? And the, those those symptomatic differences it really define them in, in, in like neurotypical people and neurodiverse people, right? Mm. So it means their neurological brain paths were different. So Hans Asperger did all the shit ton of research. And actually, as he was doing this research, another guy called Leo Kanner was also simultaneously doing research in the United States because Hans Asperger was in Austria. So Leo Kanner in the United States was doing this type of uh exact research which is quite funny the exact same time 1942 hmm. and he actually coined the term Kenner, um Kenner's infantile autism that was what it was actually called right his one or Kenner syndrome and then it's Kenner's infantile autism syndrome hmm. so Hans Asperger never put a label on his work he just said this is the research there it is 1942 sealed and done dusted of course Hans Asperger dies in 1982 and then, you know, 1988, early 90s, kids start getting diagnosed with this stuff. And Lorna Wing, who was kind of like heading the flagship of autism and, and the Leo Kanner research and the Hans Asperger research, was like, dude, this stuff is 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 characteristic of these people that Hans Asperger kind of diagnosed. Um, we're going to diagnose people with the term Asperger's. So they put it in something called the DSM and the mm. IDC, which is like a, another kind of diagnostic criteria, mm-hmm. uh, which is not the only two that exist in the world, but the two most prominent ones, right? So if you go to the doctor and say, I need, you know, I need an evaluation for something, and they, they put you through these tests, they'll either use um, something called the DISCO, uh, the uh, the DSM, the IDC, and then something else. There's, there's another one. I mean, there's a fair few of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> those all had Asperger's syndrome in them, Right up until 2013, where the DSM took the term Asperger's syndrome away and called it autism spectrum disorder. Mm. And then they did that in 2019 in the the IDC one as well. So, and I want to back up a little bit here. The reason Asperger's syndrome was used in the first place was because you had, and we were talking about this at the beginning, autism is a spectrum, right? So at one end, you'd have somebody who is completely incapable of going to the bathroom on their own. They cannot speak. They cannot communicate almost at all, mm-hmm. then they're very um, uh, uh, closed off in their world and only 24-hour help, right? 
from birth to death. Mm-hmm. That's, and they can be autistic, right? <laughs> and this was called classic autism back in the day. That's what they called it. They call it classic autism or a term that we don't really use that much is low-functioning autistic person, sure, right? Sure, sure. Then they realized there's, there's people who displayed the same traits but were able to maintain kind of like, yes, they can hold down a job just about maybe. Yes, they can talk, not very well. Yes, they can, um, uh, you know, potentially cook food. They can go to the bathroom on their own. And they seem relatively okay, but a bit weird, right? Mm. And then so they were like, How? but they but they were still displaying uh, areas in, in the in the trite of impairment, like uh, socializing, emotional regulation, um, executive function, uh, eye contact issues, mm-hmm. um, sensory processing disorder. All these things were kind of like culminating in these people. So you have a spectrum. You have somebody who's like completely unable to, sorry, on this side, you have someone completely unable to, to like put on their trousers, but then you have somebody on the other end who's like maybe just got ADHD and they're just completely just like a bit you know whoa hyperactive and and have difficulty regulating kind of like their mood and so you say well where where does it lie you know like where where is it so they were they were classing things as like you know uh, you know mild Asperger's syndrome classic autism scale one two and three it all got a bit confusing and so what actually began to happen is I was diagnosed with Asperger's right and so say I went to a clinic in America that said uh, help for autism and I said to that clinic, can you help me, please? Here's my autism diagnosis. I say, well, this is actually an Asperger's diagnosis. And then, so some people were like, uh, the term doesn't say autism. So legally we can't. And it was all a big, it's a thing in America. So they oh, said, wow. okay, you know, interesting. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, so the access to support was, was pretty fucked. So they said, oh shit, now it looks like you're segregating autistic people. from. So let's just put them all together. Mm. So they did. They just said, look, forget about the terminology. Just call it autism spectrum disorder. And that's it. So you could be uh, somewhere on the autism spectrum, right? Which is why I, I probably am different to any other kid you ever met with, with, with Asperger's right? or, or autism, right? Because I have my own <clears> thing. <throat> maybe my, my speech is a bit fast and I'm a bit maybe hyperactive. But other than that, you'd be like, okay, well, this guy's not like my friend's kid who has to use a, an iPad to speak, right? Because that's the difference, that this, this variant, different grades. Now, there's also, there's, there's another layer to this which gets really, really fucked up. So Hans Asperger came out um, there was a book uh, the, in like 2015, 2016, a book ca- came out saying, oh, Hans Asperger um, was um, a supporter of the socialist regime g- regimes in Nazi Germany at the time. And so he was involved with some eugenics projects, kind of segregating kids who were heavily yeah. disabled and kind of mm-hmm. saying, okay, we'll kill these ones uh, and then we'll keep the good ones. You know, and that's it. And that was his kind of attitude towards it, even though that was fucking horrific, right? No, we should ever do that. But at the same time, you know, people like, you know, uh, Volkswagen, you know, and Porsche, they were all kind of like, you know, hanging out with the Nazis. Like, What's going on, man? You know, Fanta was a Nazi drink sponsor. Um, you know, Hugo really? Boss made the suits for the. Yeah, dude, it was a official I didn't, Nazi. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know the Fanta. I knew the Hugo yeah, Boss. Because, yeah, and and Siemens Electronics, they built the gas chambers. I mean, who mm-hmm. the fuck? But mm-hmm. we still use all these things. Yeah, yeah. So what happened in the autism community is that a portion of it split off and said, "Hey." Stop using the term Asperger's. It's it's ableistic, yeah, right? Meaning that, yeah. yeah, it's ableist. You can't use that term. And I'm like, well, fucking slow down, bro. I've got 100,000 people over here who have identified with it for the past 35 years. You need to yeah. shut the fuck up and yeah. sit down and realize that if you want to be accepting in this society, you have to accept them for who they are. Don't fucking tell them who, what they should use. And this really pisses me off. If you go on my TikTok and look at any video, someone's like, you know, you shouldn't be using the term Asperger or Asperger's because it's actually derogative. And they like, give me all this shit. I'm like, dude, do you drink Fanta? Do you drink Coca-Cola? Do you like Hugo Boss? Do you like Siemens Electronics? Do you drive a Volkswagen car? Are you fucking canceling all these things? The Autobahn, Germany in general? What the fuck? Like, 
calm down, right? Mm. If we're going to start counseling these things, we have to look at the whole fucking picture. Don't just pick and choose because you feel yeah. offended. And the thing is, this happens in the society we're born in is what, and I like to phrase um, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. He says, we are the middle class of history. We have no great war or great <gasps> spirituality. Our great war is a spiritual war and the, the great depression is our lives because what we're doing at the moment is we're sitting down twiddling our thumbs going, what the fuck's next? And then people are saying, oh, uh, I'm going to say that Asperger's is a thing because they want to segregate themselves out because yeah. they want to feel important. They want to feel heard. They want to feel identified as different. They want to be unique. And so and so, what happened is you had a split in the autism community and I'm sick of it. I yeah. am fucking sick of it. The autism community is split, not down the middle. There's a tiny fringe of maybe 10% who just go, can't use the term high function, can't use low function. And they even go down to say this shit. They go, you can't say I have autism or with autism. You have to say, I'm an autistic person. Like this person first language. I'm like, guys, right. look, and this is, this is, I did a video on this, right? And I, and I, and I put this out there. And I don't, I literally don't fucking care. Like they can unfollow me if they want to, because I don't want them part of my team anyway. Like I help people daily. Like I literally take people off the ledge sometimes for wanting to kill themselves and say, dude, it's okay. I'm like you. I've been like you. I was fucking homeless at 11 years old. I have Asperger's syndrome. I managed to do a fucking degree in chemistry. I'm running my own business. Like, I can help you. And I help those people daily. The amount of people that message me every day and say, thank you so much for defending me in that area. I say, don't worry. Then you have these people saying like, oh, you know, you can't use that term. I'm like, really? You're going to fucking waste time, your time on earth, talking about fucking terminology when I'm sitting there trying to keep people fucking from suicide. Do you know how the rate of suicide, I'll tell you, let me tell you a statistic. The average person with classic autism lives to about 30 years old right? That's the average age range. A person well, diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome will, will typically live to about 50 years old. That's fucking disgusting. That has to change. And the mm. reason it has to change is because people need to uh, find acceptance, find coping mechanisms, and realize that they're, they're part of something. When you have this segregation in a community and they're worried about terminology and who uses person-first language or pronouns or all this shit, I don't care. I want to help people. You can you can literally identify as what you want. You want to say Asperger's, you want to say with autism, you want to be they, them. I don't care because I'm accepting, right? But you have people telling me that we live in an accepting society, yet they don't accept shit. They say, you can't use Asperger's and they'll bully you to, st to stop Ooh. saying the term Asperger's and it say you're wrong. Standard. So, I, so, I, yeah, I, exactly, right? I'm curious, Daniel, I, to that, to that I, point. I do want to just say, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I remember having this thought where, because somebody, somebody said exactly that to me. They said, I said, I said, oh yeah, this, uh, this, this guy I knew growing up, growing up had Asperger's, and they went, oh no, no, you can't, uh, you actually yeah, can't say that anymore because that's that's offensive. And I went, oh, oh shit, oh, it my was bad. Not offensive, and, and but then, but then I went, oh my god. This person that I was referring to, this person that I knew growing up who was yeah. diagnosed with Asperger's when I was growing up with them, yeah. I, I thought to myself, God, how do they feel about that? You know, how does this person who yeah. was diagnosed, like yeah. I have cystic fibrosis. I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. If, which, you know, I, let's say for some reason in 2023, you can't say cystic fibrosis anymore because it's offensive to A, B, and C. So we mm -hmm. call it we call it like degenerative lung dysfunction. Um, I'd be I'd be pretty bummed yeah. out about that. I'd be like, oh fuck! Yeah. Now now yeah. like this. Why is there three th words instead of two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like so I am I am glad that you put that out there and and you know because you know I I do think that regardless of where you stand when it comes to political correctness, you know, I mean, yeah. you're not going to please everybody. And no. uh, regardless of where you stand with that, to hear somebody who's living with, uh, who's yeah. on the autism spectrum, who's living yeah. with, self-identifies, lives with 
Asperger's. To hear you say that, that makes that gives me a little bit of like exactly a validation, a little, right? a little bit of chill. validation, and like and 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 it just allows me to fucking relax a bit so that I can have yeah. this conversation without having to tiptoe yeah. around. Exactly. I mean, a lot of the conversation, you know, a lot of the conversation around, like just instead of this, you can apply this to pretty much anything in the world yeah, today. That is like, hey, that's offensive. I I get the sense that it is most oftentimes not the people within the community that are telling you that it's offensive. It's mm-hmm. somebody else feeling like they're standing up for somebody. It's a good mix of both. And, I think. and yeah. then, and yeah, then it, you, com- and, it comes and, from both yeah. sides. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm curious, Daniel, I wanted to come back to like, speaking of like the, the like sort of aggregation of, of people living with um, what is now autism spectrum disorder as a bunch of different aspects of that. So you had Asperger's obviously, when when they um, um, aggregated all of all of those aspects of the spectrum into one name, like what are what are the pros and cons of that? Like obviously we've touched on some mm. of the cons of that, but like what from your perspective, like what have been the pros sure. and cons? So I mean, straight off the bat, right? The pros are the accessibility level um, for the people who were, had a diagnosis of Asperger's who had re-diagnosis of ASD or autism spectrum disorder, then they get access to the help and support. I suppose the cons, on the other hand. The downfall of this is that you have to get reevaluated. You have to have an updated diagnosis. Now, in the oh. United States of America, this costs a lot of money. And then, you know, by doing this, like, it's it's a whole, it's a, you know, I, I know a lot of autistic individuals, people who have Asperger's, who won't even leave the house, right? I didn't for many years. I didn't leave, I didn't go out of my house properly. Like, you know, people hang out with their friends. I didn't leave my house until I was about 15. So you can you can see how someone who may be in their 30s who still feels like that, now has to go on another lengthy trip to organize another diagnostic kind of it's just bullshit. Like yeah. it's 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 an added it's an added issue and stress that they don't need. You know what they actually need is help and support. What we should be doing is re- is refining the terminology used in the legal system, not fucking Ooh. refining the people to spend more money. It's bullshit. Like so when America were like, oh, we can't accept it unless there's autism on it. It's like, okay, well, we'll change it. We're gonna add Asperger's to yours. That would be so much easier. And mm. it would have stopped this split in the community. But now the community say that because you know, it's, you got you got a double whammy. People don't actually know the reason. They say, "Why can't you use Asperger's?" They go, "Well, because uh, um, he was a Nazi." Okay, well, that's actually not the reason it was taken out. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's kind of like a lot of the people who talk about it don't actually know what they're talking about. They they, mm. they, they, they like you said, they're trying they're trying their best because I've heard this this whim of something. Again, I. I genuinely believe that this is a form of divide and conquer. Um, I think that people come into this community uh, and they just they. Because you're trying to, because we're all millennials are trying to do this thing, right? Millennials and Gen Zs are trying to ca- catch up from all the crap that the boomers did, right? Where, you know, just slap your wives apart and like nobody cared about your kids. And, you know, we brought ourselves up, right? And so now we're scared of offending anybody because we know what it was like growing up with like bullshit parents. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, you know, we have a, an entire culture generation of people who are like trying their best to be like, oh, it's, it's different. Okay, I'll, I'll go along with the difference. But then what happens is you have com- you have this kind of complete lack of understanding with it, and then it becomes a, a whole other thing. It becomes a big issue, and it's like, mm. well, it's not really an issue, is it? If someone wants to say Asperger's, they can say Asperger's, or with autism, or has autism. Mm. Who literally gives a shit? Mm. It doesn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious because, like, one, I guess one other thing that seems um, pretty obvious to me about, like, trying to help and support people with um, the broader autism spectrum disorder is the fact that, you know, both ends of the spectrum are so far apart and different in terms of experiences that it must be hard to um, sort of like create programs and supports and 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 a system that yeah. that helps it's people who could be totally, you know, different. totally different experiences. I, I mean, there, well, like, would you say that there's? Would you say that for someone who is so? Let, let's say that. Let's say. Um, let's say my father 
right? My father is aware of the term Asperger's because that's that he, you know, that was that was the term growing up, and he yeah. maybe he knew someone that had Asperger's, um, and then but my father also knows someone who had autism, but they were like you know like air quote yeah. the classic autism um, yeah. disorder, so like you know very very incapable of of taking care of their daily you know daily yeah. needs what have you. And so then they they bring together <clears throat> they you know they 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 collapse uh, Asperger's they bring it all together, and then someone like yourself, who is rather high functioning, meets my father and you say I have autism and my dad get, looks at you and goes, "Well, you're a fucking liar." <laughs> you yeah, know, like it like, happens on the daily. Day. I know what I know what autism is. I've seen autism and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's not it. You're not that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe you have Asperger's, maybe, but you don't have autism like do you mm-hmm. do, is is that a thing that's a happening huge issue. Yeah, a massive issue dude like i put this thing out all the time so like autism doesn't have a look because like because, because you know you're, you're you're having to re having to re-educate an entire population of what we are seven billion people right mm-hmm. to, of what, what is going on and things change rapidly now so yes it happens all the time you say like um you know sometimes people like if i knew if i meet new friends or whatever or new people i meet networking they say hey we're gonna go hit the club after this conference you want to come up like actually i have autism so i'm gonna go back to my hotel room and study stuff right they'd be like you know you you, you seem fine to me mm. you know what i mean and they mm-hmm. don't really get it because they don't they, they've only ever seen they say oh my friend's kid you know he has to use an ipad to talk but you look fine to me what are you doing what are you like 36 mm. yeah. you know what I mean? like, you're like except so, for the fact that i don't want to go with you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly, exactly yeah. so i think me and the kid have got something in common there but you know it's like it's funny because like you get that all the time and then you have to say to people look autism doesn't really have a look you know like it, mm. it doesn't <laughs> You you know it doesn't really ha- apart from one thing autistic individuals look younger than they actually are which is really bizarre oh interesting yeah, yeah. so I'm actually 30, Daniel, I'm Daniel, Daniel Dale is eighty three years old <laughs> I know I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I'm almost pushing a hundred right and it's just great no but it's true like I'm thirty seven years old and a lot of people would say to me when they meet me they think I'm like in my late twenties maybe early thirties but like I'm thirty seven right and people are like holy shit like they literally lose their shit when they see me because but then a friend of mine Chloe right she's in a TV show called um, uh, Heartbreak High on Netflix, and she's in her mid twenties. She looks like maybe sixteen. Right, so, right. It, so yeah, it's, it's, it is a it's a fascinating um, concept. Like I've never met a person with autism who looks their their age. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. You mentioned a couple of things, um, uh, uh, maybe five or ten minutes ago, when you said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in like what your, your what your story is growing mm-hmm. up. Um, you know, where h- how you how you came to a diagnosis. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that you know you experienced some homelessness when you were young, yeah. and yeah. you know you, you went and got a chemistry degree and all that stuff. Like, yeah, what yeah. is your story? How does it go? How do you get? How do you find out that you know you you have. Autism, yeah. and you're on the spectrum. It, do you know? It, it's a really, it is really interesting story. Um, I actually document the homelessness um, 
uh, thing in my book, Autism for Adults, out in the 26th this month, guys. Boom. But awesome. yeah, it's in here. I actually talk about it in here. Um, uh, and the reason the book is called Autism for Adults is because there's so many books about fucking kids and kids, autism for kids and all kids. There's hardly any that you can relate to as an adult, right? So I wanted to do something for adults. And this is why I talk about homeless in a book for adults. I wouldn't talk about it if it was for kids because they'd be like, what the fuck? So yeah, so you know, um, so I grew up... Um, in Wales, uh, and and Wales in the 1980s, fucking rural as shit. Like we ha- we didn't even have any supermarkets. All mom and pop stuff. Like you know, grocery store, butchers, bakers. You know, like you go. That that would be my weekly. There was no grocery stores. Like mm. as in like Walmart or anything. And so, um, having having a kid, he was odd. Uh, my parents first thing they did, they were like, oh, let's take him to a, a psych and see what the fuck's going on. And so. Because I was so basically as a kid, like I, I wouldn't, I couldn't wear certain clothes. I, I, I couldn't wear, uh, you know, I couldn't wear certain colors. I couldn't really interact that well with my my brother and sister. I couldn't um, play well. I, couldn't, I didn't play outside. I didn't play outside in school. Um, I had a hard time eating foods uh, that weren't just one meal. Like roast vegetables was the only thing I'd eat. Um, and then like my parents were like, oh shit, you know, and like what's going on, with my kid? And I couldn't integrate well into school and stuff. So they took me to a psych. The psych was like. Obviously, it's 1988 or something. The cycle's like, oh, no, he's never heard of autism. You know what I mean? Like Leo Kenner it's, and, and Hans Osberger's work had just started becoming published in America, let alone fucking the UK, or right up in the sticks in North Wales. So um, so my parents were like, okay, the two weeks psych. Psych's like, I have fucking no idea what's going on. Like, this kid's interesting. Maybe, I don't know, there's some stuff going on. Shorts of memory loss, dyslexia. I don't know. So my parents are lost. They're like, okay. And they say, well, that's just done. Yeah, that's it. Done. And they just kind of like accept me for, for that. And they try all this shit. Like, they try to put me through the schooling system, and that fuck just doesn't work. Like, I, I failed at school. Like, high school, primary school, the whole thing was just a fucking mess. <laughs> so um, when I was 11 years old, I became homeless um, because my parents lost their business. Uh, my dad was self-employed. He was a, he was a coal miner. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was a coal merchant, and he relied on the coal miners. So in the, the late 80s, early 90s, what happened was there was a whole coal miners strike in the UK. I don't know if you guys remember this. And it could have been a worldwide one, actually. And it fucking wiped out the coal merchants industry. Very little of them held on. And my father, unfortunately, was one of those industries that just completely collapsed. Um, so we lost our house, lost our business, lost everything. Um, and so we were put into emergency um, social accommodation here in the UK, which is kind of mm. like the projects in America. So I grew up... I, so I went from having this like privately owned home <laughs> on the beach... Uh, you know, with lovely neighbors, the old people, to being in the projects. My next door neighbor was a drug dealer. I saw a guy kill himself, literally my age, uh, almost in front of me. Um, I witnessed family members punching themselves, stupid police coming every weekend, like drugs, alcohol, like you name it. You know, it was, a, it was an eye-opening experience. But what I do is I, I say those experiences taught me a lot about life. And so I'm in this stage right in my life where I'm like trying to, you know, trying to... Uh, become more integrated in society my parents are doing their best to be like you know go to school do all this stuff but i what happened is i moved close so when i when i moved to the social um housing social housing was right next to the high school i went to obviously mm-hmm. they're going to build social housing next to the council's schools right because it makes sense you don't want to be traveling you know you can't there's another expense if the council were placing you 15 miles away from the school they want you to go to they're gonna have to pay for you to go to the school because mm-hmm. we live in a Te- technically a socialistic type of society in the UK, even though we have a conservative government, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so so I was able to actually walk to school for the first time in my life because my back, like, like the wall in my backyard is the was the boundary wall of the school. So I got to jump over the wall. I'm in school, which is crazy good. Mm-hmm. So that gave me a little bit of confidence. So I'm, I'm going around life, you know, and I get and I'm and I'm bouncing like I couldn't hold down it, I couldn't hold down a job for shit. I couldn't do anything. And I get to um I get to a point where I'm I'm, I'm, full, I'm working full time in this job, um, and I'm about 
20, I'm 26 years old. I'm working full-time in this job. And I've been on antidepressants. I've been, you know, fairly, not going into work because I've been depressed and all this kind of shit. And then I have this crazy meltdown in the office because they, they, I went on vacation. I came back and they'd moved my desk around because the company mm. when I started working there had 20 people. And within a year, it grew to 200. It was a crazy expanding company. And, um, and so I just freaked out. I was like, my desk I'd sat out over the past three years, just back vanished into this huge big office. And it was like, it was a whole fucking chaotic thing. I didn't know why a desk was. It was a whole fucking thing. And then I was like, had this crazy meltdown in, in the work. And then the boss pulled me out and they were like, holy shit, go home. Uh, so my girlfriend has to come pick me up because I wasn't able to drive. And I went for therapy because they were like, my, my employer was like, dude, you need to go fucking therapy. You need to integrate you back into the office. It took me ages. Well, didn't that therapy. They were like, holy shit, we're going to test you on the autism kind of like assessment at the exact same time. And this is really funny. You have a combination of things coming on here. My my partner was doing a degree in childhood studies and development in autism, which is really interesting. Like that, oh. It was that similar <laughs> time. And she was like looking at me in, in a different way, you know, at this time as it was coming around. <laughs> and then her mother is a mental health nurse. And I'd only been going out with her for, for a couple of years. And her mother had asked me, she said to me previously, like, you're on the autism spectrum. I was like, I have no idea what that is. And I, I wasn't familiar with autism at all at this point. And so then I go for this evaluation and then they go, yeah, you got Asperger's. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then I come home and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like I'd seen Rain Man. Like that's as far as like knowledge right. of autism I'd gone, right? Mm. But Rain Man, again, is a classic autistic guy, like classic yeah. autism. Mm. So I come home, okay, he's actually a savant, which is a completely different diagnosis, but it's on the autism spectrum, but it's 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 like, it's above that, mm. right? He He's actually a savant, which makes him like super genius, but completely like unable to do certain things. But um, so I come home and I type in Google uh, and I and I can't read for shit because I'm like dyslexic. So I go, so I go to uh, YouTube and I'm typing in Asperger's syndrome and all the videos I'm seeing are fucking terrible. Like there's no videos. There's no there's nobody entertaining, nobody charismatic. There's nobody educating anybody on anything. And I was like, dude, I can do so much better, maybe. So I get my <laughs> iPad out. And I, re I record this video. And my first ever video, I think it's, it's it's got way over a million views now. But like my first ever video on on YouTube was this dimly lit, terrible video of me, not even looking at the camera lens because I have a hard time looking at people in the eye, right? But so I felt the same discomfort with the camera lens. So I've got this like iPad to the side of me and I'm like talking about my, how I <laughs> live my life last bit, all the things that kind of interrupt my, 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 my daily life, like not being able to do my laundry, not being able to eat certain textures, you know, all this kind of shit. Anyway, so that video goes out and I just did it to try and see if I could do something better. And uh, all these people started kind of like, you know, following my channel. And that's kind of how it grew. Like I never anticipated to be an awesome advocate or anything like that. I was educating myself because I, I I come to this realization, guys, I was 26 years old and I'd survived, right? Up to that point, I'd survived. And I was like, if I can survive not knowing my diagnosis and not knowing myself, now I can fucking thrive knowing exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And that's what I teach people. Like that's, that is my thing. Cause like, I'm like, anybody can achieve anything as long as you have the ability to realize who you are. Once you realize who you are, your confidence levels will increase. You can do anything. It's self-confidence. That's all it is. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that stuff, I just want to like say that, that that's where, like, that's where a lot of the best stuff of any kind of any sort comes from is, yeah. is through people going, I'm looking for something and I'm not finding it. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Daniel, I'm, I'm really curious about um, <clears throat> um, social platforms and, Yep. This sort of like um, feeling of like like when people watch a video and they hear something that's relatable and they feel like they're part of something, it can be really empowering. And you know, I have I have ADHD and and I go to therapy and my therapist um, has talked to me a lot about like one of the first things she recommend recommended um, when I was diagnosed was to to go and watch videos about it. And I felt mm. that that was really comforting. Um, yeah. I've also heard that you know, a lot a lot more people are being diagnosed because they're seeing relatable content on these platforms. But I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are about like 
you know, like one one thing that I find interesting about autism is that there's a lot of autism related content that I get um, on my like TikTok and Instagram algorithm mm-hmm. because it's like comorbid or adjacent to ADHD. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And and like one way I've I said this to the guys before and and probably on the podcast before, but um, the way I've been I think getting of, a lot of autism memes. <laughs> maybe because I've just noticed maybe that because maybe we're connected. Yeah, right. But um, but like like I think of ADHD. I've just been whispering autism into your phone when you're like when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> I just go autism, 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 autism. <laughs> just to see. It. But so like, it's yeah. working. It's like, working. Like That's one great. thing that I've I found I was talking to my ther- therapist about this last session, but um, I think of like my mental health diagnosis and 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 experience as as a spectrum of colors, and so like. I think if like ADHD is is bright red and you know autism in auti- autism spectrum disorder um, is like bright yellow, um, maybe like I have maybe I'm bright red and maybe I have a little bit of yellow in me. So like I'm like a slightly oranger version of red because I have a piece of these experiences that I connect mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to my therapist <laughs> about this last session and she was like, you know, maybe it's just helpful for you to think of like your experiences just being neurodivergent. Um, but I'm curious from your perspective of like being a creator and, you know, having a big following and probably a lot of people reaching out who can relate to some aspects of, you know, what you live with, but might have a totally different experience. Like, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you think about those people who are watching and like how you can help provide them with like a feeling of belonging into a community, but also maybe not necessarily, they might not necessarily have to be part of that exact community or have a, uh, totally the same experience, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's there's three things. One is a broad aspect of content. So you broaden the content out. So you hit a lot of different things. So I'm, I'm literally just going to talk about pathological demand avoidance, right? So someone who has PDA, pathological demand avoidance, could be on the autism spectrum and also could just be ADHD, right? But you could also have pathological, pathological demand avoidance on both of those. So when you broaden your content out, you... You, what you do is you, you open the gates to someone and say, look, we're all we're all going through the motion of life in a certain way. And the other thing is that I I'm non-judgmental. So I don't judge anybody on on the on on you know if they comment or they or they are on a podcast with me or if I'm interviewing on Instagram, I don't judge that their experience because it's theirs. But I also do or I, I validate their experience. So if someone says like, oh you know, I can't touch fucking cold hot dogs fucking freaks me out. Like, I'll fucking cry for such a cold hot dog. I'm like, yeah, dude, I get it. I fucking get it. Like, I can't touch cold gravy. You know what I mean? So, like, we're, we're bros. So, you you find <laughs> you, you find that when, when you... If someone feels accepted, when they find that you will just validate the fact that they're heard, right? And so, that's what I do. Because we go through life, you know, and I was saying this before, you know, we're told all the time, when you're a kid, you're wrong, your parents are right. You go to school, you're wrong, teacher's right. You go to college, the university professor's right, you're wrong. You go to your job, your boss is right. You're like, what the fuck are you right? Like, you know, so yeah. I allow those people to be right. Mm. And when you validate somebody who has an extreme issue with certain things and they feel completely ostracized from society because they go, you know, like I can't sit in a room with a chopped onion, right? But I have a degree in chemistry. How do you, you know, how do you fucking balance that out? Like this guy seems very intelligent and he's able to, capable to, to do a degree in chemistry, but then at the same time he has to leave the room. Otherwise he'll have a meltdown because he, there's a cut in the room, right? So mm-hmm. when I'm going to Subway, it's a, it's a fucking big deal. So, <laughs> but, but for some, you know what I mean? Like for, yeah, somebody to, yeah. for somebody to validate that and say, Dan, I fucking get it. Go outside. Onions are, uh, onions are abundant in here. Let's fucking kill this joint. I'm like, okay, let's go. 
great. I feel accepted, right? But nobody ever did that to me growing up. So I'm like, I'll do that for everybody I meet. And that's how it, that's the difference. Um, and there's so much, there's so much content, actually. I probably know, I know every single autistic YouTuber um, who's worth their salt, right? I know all of them. I know, and some of my, my friends are big, big wigs, like Jess from How to ADHD. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. <laughs> I love, I love um, How to ADHD. Yeah, so, well, we did, we did a, I don't know if you guys have ever been to VidCon, but me and Jess from How to ADHD in 2019, way before the pandemic hit, we put the first ever autism and ADHD panel on it in VidCon with um, mm, a guy called what? Jarvis Johnson, cool guy. And uh, Katie Morton, she's like a, a, a like a therapist and uh, she does like stuff on YouTube. She's really cool. But we did this like, um, oh, like yeah, this, I love this all these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, it was really, really good. You know, we, we had such a blast and, and, and I pioneered that. It was the first time. I'm like, you know, in America, one in 33 people are diagnosed with autism now. It was actually one in 60 back in 2019, but it's gone up to one in 33 here. And there's one in 100 in the UK. Even if we just looked at the American stats, you know, they got a 60,000 footfall over a three-day weekend in VidCon, right? Like one in 33 of those people are going to have autism and have nothing to relate to there. Mm. But mm -hmm. I'm going for something bigger the, the next year with, with, with VidCon. I'm going to attack them. I'm going to get Hank Green on, on, on Zoom and just be like, dude, fuck. Like, we need to do something different needs to happen. And I'm going to do that. And Jess has helped me actually with this. And uh, I've got to feel the bits and pieces of my sleep. But yeah, so we did that. And, um, but having that again in place of, because people felt validated. They said, hey, there's actually a fucking panel on with people who I relate to. Mm -hmm. The other people I took selfies, it was ridiculous. You know what I mean? And we're in the middle of Anaheim, you know, like, I don't know, like the, Crime capital of Cali, you know, it's crazy. Like, and the home you know of the mighty I mean? ducks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're goddamn Disneyland. right. Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, Daniel, awesome. I'm I'm curious about like, you know, what are because so first of all, um, we've mentioned a couple times, but uh, autism for adults: an approachable guide to living excellently on the spectrum. Uh, yeah. It it is it's available September 26th. Um, so by the time this comes out, I believe. I believe it will be on the shelves. Um, so go get it. Um, but <clears throat> how, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this to come off as uh, insensitive, but how does you one you with, with <laughs> autism and ADHD and dyslexia uh, write a book? Like that's, that is, writing a book is a, is a fucking feat for, yeah. for, for someone who is, not dealing with, Not any, dealing of with any of those things. So like, yeah. what was that process for you? How did that, how did that come about? Look, dude, I'm all about fucking like, and I'm glad you asked this question. It's amazing. I love telling this story. Um, and it's a good one. So buckle up. I am a, I am probably the most optimistic person when it comes to stupid shit in life. I don't see, let, let me tell you something. I don't see problems. I see potential towards a solution because if the, if the problem couldn't exist without a solution, right? Because that's why you know it's a problem. So I don't look at things and go, fuck, I can't do that. I look at things and go, shit, how do I do that? How mm. am I going to do this? So I get these guys go to say, I want you to write a book. I say, I want dyslexic for the first thing. But I, but I don't tell them that. I say, yes, first, and I'll figure it out afterwards, right? Because you yeah. have to take every opportunity in life. We're dying every second of every day, right? So I've got to make sure this counts. Every day has to count. And I'm so blessed to be here. Like, I'm like, I thank God every day. I'm like, fuck, I'm here. I'm experiencing this shit. Let's fucking get it done. I'll flip a table or some shit. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this book somehow. So when I sit down, I'm like, fuck, I can't sit down for 10 seconds while fidgeting. You guys see me, I'm doing all kinds of shit, right? And, and you know what the funny thing is? Like, imagine trying to sit down and write a book. I'm dyslexic. So I'm like, okay, so spelling's going to be an issue, right? This is not going to happen. So I was like, what am I going to do? How do I fix this? What's the solution? So the solution is I can talk like a motherfucker, right? As you guys know. So I was like, hey, one of my favorite things to do is to talk to my iPhone to get it to type out a text for me. So I was like, fine, this is what I'm going to do. I've got a treadmill on my house. I love running. I love, I, I run every, every, 
every other day I'll run about five to six K, right? Every day, every other day. I used to run every day, but then I got foot issues and I can't do it every day. So I was like, okay, I've got a gym in my house. I've got a treadmill. I'm going to go on the treadmill for one hour over the next eight days every day. And I'm going to talk to my phone. So I wrote my book in two weeks. I spoke Holy to my phone shit. running on a treadmill, right? <laughs> and I was, I know, I swear down, guys, I was running on my treadmill like this. I fucking spoke to my phone like this. And then, and then I get off, I get off, I get off the treadmill, dripping with sweat after this hour of like fucking intense running. And then I, I get, I get, highlight all the text and I jump, chuck it into a, an app called Grammarly just to make sure that the, the yeah, grammar's yeah. there. I just picked up what I'd said, okay? And it's, it's Grammarly does its AI thing. And I said it to my, my editor. I said, there you go, it's chapter one. Okay, here's chapter two. Here's chapter three. And that's it. Wow. And that's how I did it. Wow. Dude, and, and, and the funny thing is, let me tell you something. When I do interviews or same with writing a book or anything I do, magazine, radio, podcast, whatever, TV, they say to me, oh, do you want me to send you the questions ahead of time? I said, don't you fucking dare send me the questions. I say, why? I said, if I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, don't you dare interview me. Why would I Why would I do something if I don't know what I'm fucking talking about? And this pisses me off. People want to write books, right? And they say, I'm going to write this book. I spent two years researching it. I'm like, well, you clearly don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Why are you writing the book on it? <laughs> I took literally eight hours to write a book because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I knew everything that was going to go into this book. This is my... this. I had this in my head. I know exactly what I'm saying. Like, mm. why wouldn't I? Why, why, mm. why, why would you ask me to write a book if I didn't know what I was going to talk about, right? So I just did mm. it. They were like, literally, they could say to me tomorrow, Dan, go write a book about sales funnels. Like, okay, fuck it. I'll write a book right now about sales funnels. Best practices for YouTube. Okay, I'll do it right now. I can do it within 24 hours. I could write you a book within, give me three days, I could write you a book ready for publication. I mean, easy, go, easy. you should add, I mean, you, you'd be a wonderful <laughs> ghostwriter. I'm sure someone out there is like, God damn it, do it for me, Daniel Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but I get on that fucking treadmill. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's, that's what I mean. You just speak to your phone, fucking. But see, and this is another thing. Like, without my iPhone or my iPad, I would not be able to get up in the morning. Like, the my Alexas, I got Alexas all over my house. They, they alert me to take my medication every single day. Even yeah. though I take it at the same time every day, without those alerts, I'd be fucked. <laughs> so it's kind of like I use technology to its max potential because I'm like, how can this 10x my life? I want to 10x my mm. life because I want to be able to get the shit that I can't do. I need something else to take care of that. And then I'll do mm. the things I'm good at. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, and this is another thing, guys. I, I, I also have another book. I, I wrote a book on theology a few years ago. This is years and years ago, in 2017. And when I was writing that book, I was writing that book the same way. Um, and I uh, had a ghostwriter. So I had to kind of do our interview. So I was talking to Zoom and then they take the recordings and they do the stuff. Yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than my iPhone doing it, which I didn't like because I have more control of the iPhone. But what was interesting is I was writing my chemistry dissertation. I was writing this book and I was taking care of my father who was, who was going through uh, cancer treatment at the time. So I had to take him every day for, for, for six weeks, every day for, for chemo and, and radiotherapy. Right? And my partner's father dropped dead. Right? And I was doing all these things at once. And I was like, how the fuck do you do it? I said, because I fucking all the other shit in my life was taken care of. Like I have the same clothes stacked up in my wardrobe because I don't need to care about what I wear. I just go, okay, it's already taken care of. If those hmm. things are taken care of in your life, you can concentrate on the things that matter. Because getting changed in the morning, wearing fucking black Dude, yeah. jeans and a black t-shirt doesn't bother me. I'm not worried about those things because they're already taken yeah. care of. Yeah. We're knowing what I'm going to eat. I have a meal plan set out. I know what time my phone's going to tell me what to do. And Every time I get a piece of information, which I need to do later on in my life, I say, hey, Siri, do this for me. Put it in my calendar for next whenever. And he'll do it. And that's it. It's all done. Even down to the fact that I bought a Tesla because I want to be able to get in the car and the car to do most of the work for me because I need mm. to concentrate on the things that's going on in my life that I need to concentrate on, focusing on, you know, my ability to emotionally regulate and, and connect with my partner, and my children, um, my, my ability to, uh, to get my work done um, and, and all those things. So yeah, 
<laughs> using technology and getting that to do the things that, that you can't do in your life is definitely a mega key. Man, about, I feel the exact your... same way about technology and I actually literally had the same thought about clothes yesterday because I was trying to figure out what I was going to wear in the morning and and yeah, you're wasting and time. I have food, I have food, like go I have to the bathroom. Just buy a Moo Moo. I have a a couple pairs of shorts <laughs> yes. that that are the same style exact same style and they fit yeah. in a way that makes yeah. feels really comfortable to me and I was like, man, I wish I just had Ten of these, or like seven do, of these, what, and just that's what I do. I, just buy, I, go, I find something, I try it on, I go, okay, this is good. I'm gonna buy ten versions of it. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. People that's say to me, like, you wear the same fucking clothes. Like, like, yeah, but they're all clean. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm actually every day. I'm, I, I'm, I'm taking that from I'm, you. That's amazing. Thank I'm you. curious about how your partner plays a role in your like day to day care. You know, did, did <clears throat> as someone who lives with a with an illness, you know, my my. As much as I try to not allow this to happen, it's kind of inevitable at some points where your partner becomes uh, kind of steps into the role of, as a, as a caregiver, um, yeah. and so I'm I'm just kind of curious, like how how has that kind of played out in your relationship? Um, and you know, with I take it you were diagnosed around like whilst you guys were together, you were dating, yeah, 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 yeah. So like like what has that evolution been like for the two of you? Um, <clears throat> do you know it's difficult I've always been a bit of an asshole um, because I'm a, I'm a difficult person to, to, be, to live with because you know like if it was just if I just lived on my own right this is what I do I'd get up I'd forget to eat and I'd sit at my desk from 6am until 10pm and just work because I love it I love what I do I love my fucking work I, I get annoyed when, when fr it's Friday now and I'm really kind of sad every Friday because I know I can't work tomorrow I can't work on Sunday because <laughs> I have to spend time with my family I love my family I love my kids I love my, my partner but I think like you know she likes spending time with me, so that's why I like spending time with her. And obviously, the kids like spending time with me, so, so that's why. But you know, it's funny. I have such big issues in certain areas where typically I can be. She can she can deal with some of my stupid shit, but then there's certain areas that I like. You know, the worst things ever, like emotional regulation. I so I have this thing called like alexithymia, where like if a situation happens, I I don't know what to do in that situation. Uh, you know, so like, and let me give you a simple example of it. Um, I'll be sitting down watching a comedian and he'll say a joke. I'm like, right. And nothing happened, no reaction. And about a week later, or maybe two weeks, I'll be like, I'm <laughs> taking a shit, like laughing my ass off. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get the comment. Because it's taken that long to, to, mm. to kind of really go through my, 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 the idea of, of what I was thinking about. Because my mind's going a thousand miles an hour all the time, constantly different things all the time. As you probably know, it's the way I speak. <clears throat> And so I'm not really present in the moment all of the time. Like, mm. I, I miss things, especially when you're in person with somebody, right? And so something can happen and, and she'll, she'll, she'll need a reaction there and there, you know? Like she'll, something that, you know, we all mm. have rows with our partners, right? And, and she'll say something and, and she'll need a response because maybe I've been an asshole. I am listening to her some shit, I don't know, like men. And I'll, I'll be like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. And she's like, you don't even listen. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, and so it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's, a, it's hard for her because she... She not only has to become that carer sometimes, where if I'm out in public and something fucking shit happens, like, oh, fuck, fuck. And I start panicking, so freaking out. I go to meltdown or I'm hyperventilating. So she has to do, step into carer mode then. She's got three kids instead of like two. And then <laughs> the other thing is that she um, she also has to deal with the fact that like that's her her provider, her man, you know? Like yeah, she, I'm yeah. the only provider. She doesn't work. Like, you know, she stays, stays at home and takes care of the kids and stuff like that. And, you know, because I earn enough being a YouTuber and stuff. But like, you know, she has to see her masculine role in her life, you know, the guy that she finds sexually masculine, but being kind of like an asshole to her as well. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, I feel it's it's so difficult, but it's so interesting because that question is something that I think 
you know, it's probably the third most asked question, you know, across my community. Like, can I help? You know, how can I help live my partner better? And relationships mm. don't last because yeah. of it. You know, and it, yeah. it is difficult. But look, let me tell you something. And this is this is this is what I'll tell to anybody about anything. Anything that's worth having should be hard work. You have to work at something to make it worth having. When was the last time you went to the gym and just clicked your fingers? You have abs. Never. You have to work hard to get abs because it's mm. worth having. If you want to have a relationship, if you want to have a marriage, you want a successful marriage, you have to fucking work at the marriage, dude. Because mm. that's what it is. It's it's work. It, it, it should be hard work because you get great results when you put fucking hard work in. You get great results when you yeah. put no fucking work in. You get shit results. So yes, it's difficult, but it's worth it. I uh, I have. One last two-part question um, that we'd like to to kind of cap things off with. Um, Nothing what, more what complex we, than a one what, <laughs> one question with two parts. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the biggest thing that Asperger's has taken away from you? The my the social anxiety. Like I can't go. Let me tell you this. I I, I and it's quite sad. It's quite sad. I, I'm scared of being outside in public with people. As a as a 37 year old man, I cannot take the train to London, sit down, and get a coffee. Can't do that. I can't take the train to Liverpool or Manchester or Chester on my own, sit down and get a coffee. I can't do that. I want nothing more. I pray every day. I think fucking. I want to do this. I can do this. I can't. I can't do this. I can't. Not only can I not navigate my logistics of doing those things, I also can't stay in that moment. I'm too. And so I'm overwhelmed. I, I just, I pass out. I, I melt down. I need, I need reassurance. I can't, I can't do it. And it's, it's, it fucks me up because when I was, when I was a kid, I thought it was because I was a kid. Right. And I said, when I'm 18, I'm going to be a man. I can do it. I said 18 and I felt the exact same. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is life, man. Mm. And I had to realize that it stood me in the face. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to sit on that bench. There was a bench outside a, a, a frozen uh, food store where, in the town where I live. And I said, I'm going to sit on that bench you know, from morning to night and I'm going to enjoy it. And I've never done that because I can't do that. Maybe it's something I should do. Fuck it. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I can't do that. And like, I can't. And so that's the biggest thing is taking away from me. My ability to be in situations that people find, take for granted, right? Mm. For just going out and getting a coffee. Uh, uh, going on, like, I'm just going to go to fucking, because I live really <laughs> right next to Manchester and Liverpool, right? And so, uh, you know, it's only like 45 minutes away. So people are like, oh, I'm just going to go and meet some friends in a pub in Liverpool and we'll have a great night. Can't do that. I've been to one nightclub in my entire life. I've never been on a date with a girl. Never been, never taken a date. Go on a date. So it's hard. It's that. That is. That's hard. It's really hard. Especially now I have children. You know, they're only young. Bless them. But when they get older and they're like, "Hey, dude, I don't come do this stuff for me," I'm like, "Fuck, I can't." You know, and it, I want to. Like, I want to more than anything else. But I, but I can't. And I think that is the biggest thing that's taken away from me mm. is my independence in those areas. You know, especially traveling. I can't get on a plane on my own. Like, I can't mm. fucking logistically figure it out. I know it sounds fucking stupid. Like, dude, you fucking wrote two books. You can't degree. I can't do it. Like, and it, it fucking kills me. But that's 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 the truth. And your what, second question: What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? Biggest thing it's given me is my ability to absolutely fucking ten x anything I touch. Like, I I look. I was like, I'm gonna make a YouTube channel. I'm gonna get a hundred thousand subscribers. Right? Did it. Piece of piss. Did it. Like fucking six months. I was like, oh shit. Then I was like. I'm on like 250,000 subscribers now. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to go to a million. So I'm just currently working on that. Then I was like, I want to be a fucking 
marketing genius, right? I want to be, I want to be the guy who builds sales funnels uh, from start to finish. What, and I and I downloaded every single, and I mean it, every single audiobook you can believe exists on marketing and uh, social media kind of funnel building, right? And I listened to those back to back whilst running because tactile feedback and all this stuff. Like seriously, it's like I want to show, I want to scroll through. This is this is my 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 <laughs> audiobook library. Like seriously, okay? you stop talking about Russell Brunson, fucking Dan Kennedy and Tony Robbins and you know Seth Godin. Like anyway. So I, I absorb all this data and I'm like, and I just fucking, I just execute and I execute really fucking well. And I, and that ability, I couldn't have that focus. If I, if I was like a typical person, I wouldn't have that focus. I'd be probably sitting on my ass, mm. you know, eating chips, watching fucking Netflix. Cause this is the thing. I never lose my time. My time is fucking optimal because I, 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 I don't, I don't participate in recreational sports. I don't uh, watch sports. I don't waste my time on those things. I won't read anything that's fictional because like it's bullshit. Like I, I want to digest information that's going to push me forward, uh, urge me towards existence in a way that I'm going to really make a mark. I'm determined to make a huge stamp on history. So people will be like Dan Jones, not only the fucking guitarist from Savage Garden, he's a fucking guy <laughs> who did this book. He put on this event. He changed the fucking world. And let me tell you something. This is my end goal, right? People say, oh, what's, what's it all for? Where, where are you going with all this, right? And this is my goal. As much as I fucking, like, I'm a, I'm a person who loves to enjoy making money just as much as anybody else because money is a magical thing. It makes the world go around. And this is why I enjoy making money. My end goal is to become a billionaire so I can become a multi-billionaire so I can destroy the American healthcare system and putting a socialized healthcare system and service in the United States of America. They're the only developed nation in the world who does not have nationalized healthcare. And it's a fucking joke. 52 million people can't see a doctor when they're sick. And more, more importantly, like if you went to the, literally, if you chopped your fingers off, right, and went to the doctors in America, like, so I, I got them on ice, put my fingers back together. They say, oh, we can only afford, you can only afford to put two fingers back. Which ones do you want? That should never be a choice that comes up in healthcare. So that's my goal. Mm. And I'll probably die because of that, because the the farmer, big farmer, and the, the American healthcare Illuminati, whatever the fuck, <laughs> they'll kill me because I'll try to, but I'm going to do it, you know, um, because I don't care. I'm, I'm going to fucking die one day anyway, so I'm just going to fucking gonna well, do it, man. And then it fucks me off. I think we need to has... the energy to do it. I feel yeah. like it's you. Uh, <laughs> we need to protect. I want, I want we need to, to see that happen. <laughs> we need to protect <laughs> Daniel Jones at all costs. <laughs> Daniel, uh, uh, thank you so much for taking time on your schedule sh- to sit down and shoot the shit with us, dude. This has been a, a really like eye-opening conversation, and uh, I'm so glad that you are just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this. Uh, again, thank folks, you. Autism for Adults, an approachable guide to living excellently on the spectrum is available uh, September 26th, uh, which should be right now. Uh, go buy the book. And uh, Daniel, plug away. Where can people find you? Where can people stay up to date with the work that you're doing? Sure. You guys, uh, you can actually find me on autismforadults.com, which is the name of the book. You can get the book directly from there. Um, but you can just literally type in The Aspie World, which is T-H-E-A-S-P-I-E-W-O-R-L-D, on any social media platform in the world. Like, seriously, I want everything from fucking Lemonade to Vero to clapper i want everything and i have a podcast uh, a blog uh, every every channel you can think of so i release every, i release a video every single day on my socials pornhub <laughs> dude i'm i'm look i'm not i'm not gonna say yes or no i'm just saying it's there <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lane out, it's a lane it's a channel <laughs> yeah like, uh, such, like only fans i'm like only fans doesn't mean naked booties all right the only fans <laughs> can be like right. it can be special anything content. it can just be anything. so happened it just so happens that it's that it's 
often. That's right. Exactly. Just so happens that my balls are showing in every yeah. video, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? Just, that's, that's how I shoot videos. <laughs> but yeah, but like, seriously, every single social media platform, you can just, and, and this, is, this is a very important thing I want to mention. If anybody has any questions about autism and ADHD, email me, theaspieworld at gmail.com, spelled the same way, d- 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 with the, the T-H-E, d- the A-S, P-I-E, uh, W-O-R-L-D, at gmail.com. I will respond to every single person who emails me. I, there's none of this bullshit like, oh, I have like a million followers, so I don't care. No, no, no. Message me, I will message you back. This is bullshit that people don't do this. I am the, tangible. the best. <laughs> thank you, dude. This, this has been a real treat. So thank you so much for, uh, Thanks, for your time and your energy. Yeah. Pleasure. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.